Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Good afternoon, everybody. Sean Palmer, Seth Caymans, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. I am trying to turn off, unfortunately, our music here on the Seth and Sean Sports Radio show. Let's see if I got it. Okay, so here we are, Seth and Sean Sports Radio, blogtalkradio.com, Seth Kamen's Sean Palmer for my second to last week here in New York. Uh, we have started the, basically the departure tour. I had uh, some drinks, well not drinks, but even a slight conversation with Jess Fink and Jody Cock earlier today. And uh, here we are, the NBA playoffs are only one half season away with the NBA All-Star Game starting last night, or ending last night. Seth, did you take any... First of all, welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah, you're <laughs> welcome. So if you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846. As always, 760-283-0846. We'll be talking NBA and uh, college basketball for the majority of today's program, and then shifting a little bit to the NFL and the franchise tax. Uh, later on. So, Seth, did you watch any of the NBA All-Star Weekend whatsoever? Anything? What did I take out of it? Well, No, did you watch any of it? I did. I did. Um, because, well, I'm still kind of... Hold on a quick second. All right. I'm, ju- I'm just getting into the cards now. But... Um, I did because, well, I'm still recovering from my surgery, so I was home. I was home as much as possible. Okay, so so you saw the new format of the NBA All Star Game last night. The basically, it's not East versus West. It's pick 'em, uh, a basically a fantasy type lineup selection show. Are you a fan of that type of selection? Uh, did it make it more interesting, or did it just not matter whatsoever? It didn't matter to me whatsoever. Um, I saw a lot of the game. Um, I was doing other things in the back. You know, what's nice is my son is so obsessed with basketball that it's kind of rejuvenated my professional interest. Um, college is a bit harder, but for, for professional, it's been fun. And I watched some of it. I saw the, you know, I saw a lot of the first half, a lot less of the second half. And it was background. It's not something I, I think anyone really cares about uh, from a fan perspective, because I don't know who you, I don't know how you could. But it was fun to watch. Three-point contest was fun to watch. Slam dunk, not so much. But, uh... No problem with it. I don't care about it. I kind of, I've never, I haven't watched it in years. But again, when you're stuck home and, well, you have two kids under three and you're recovering from surgery, it, it's better than, yeah, it, it serves its purpose nicely. 
so I watched the slam dunk contest. I didn't watch the three-point contest. I was, I was out, and I caught a little bit of the game last night, but I mostly watched the slam dunk contest, which over the course of time has always been the contest that I want to watch the most. And more and more, more and more, I am just getting disappointed, not by the creativity, although that is, I mean, putting an airplane on, on the court was something I had never seen before. I would have liked um, the goggles. The goggles would have been interesting. Uh, Cedric Sabalos-ish. But the fact is, it seemed like there just was no climax of this, of this slam dunk championship. I'm not sure if you caught any of it whatsoever, but it, I did. It was just boring. It was just boring to me. Well, it's also you don't care about the players. Look at the players who've been in these in the contest over the last thirty years. Go back to Larry Nance and, and, and Dr. J in '83, which I think I think was '83, '85, which was the first one. Jordan participated. Dominique participated. Clyde Drexler, um, Vince Carter, Dwight Howard. I mean, I don't think Kobe ever did. But for the most part, every major dunker over the last 25 years has participated at some point. The biggest name in it this year was Dennis Smith. And there were four. It says also something where you look at the three-point contest. You have Curry. You have the other Curry, which isn't as interesting, but it's interesting just because of the whole Charlotte thing. You have uh, Damon Lillard. You have, like, legitimate all-stars. Why should I care? And John Collins is a nice player. Well, why should I care about about Diallo or, or Collins or, or Miles Bridges, other than he's from Cincy and he did, uh, Cincy, so he's from Charlotte, and he did the grandmama with the gold tooth thing? Like, there's nothing interesting about the people. So there's nothing. So unless the dunks are so extraordinary, there's nothing. There's no reason to care. And so, that's where they are with it. Is there any way to say you're Adam Silver, aside from telling, basically telling, guys that they have to be in the slam dunk contest, which good luck with that. Is there any way to make the slam dunk contest? Look, Kenny Walker won the slam dunk contest. Kenny Walker wasn't a a superstar by any stretch. So is there any way to bring the the all-star slam dunk contest back to where it was without having the best 10 players in in the game be the dunkers? No, it doesn't need to be the best 10 players, but there needs to be some version of a draw. I mean, there's only so many dunks. (coughs) I mean, look, the dunk over Shaquille was pretty amazing. Call it what it was. But there needs to be, I don't know if it's, I don't like that you can take three dunks in the fourth. You can take as long as you want for the dunks to matter and, you know, and this and that. Like, Dennis Smith with, like, four dunks each try. You know, it kills him. And, look, I understand Kenny Walker was not a superstar. Frederick Jones was certainly not a superstar. But the reality is there were names in these in these tournaments. And for the last five to seven years, like, even in the last two years, you had Aaron Gordon, you had Zach Levine, while not superstars or, you know, big names. They were they were solid players in the league. These guys, I mean, it's just nothing. It was nothing to okay. do at all. I thought well, you I, just people watch. You, sorry. Well, you ju- you just said that you would make changes. You just said that you didn't like the fact that there were the guys can take as many as many chances as they want without dunking. Dennis Smith, yeah. none of those chances counted because basically he never dunked. Didn't matter whether he right. laid it up or missed it; it wasn't a dunk. What changes would Commissioner Seth Kamen's make to this contest? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think I go back to the thirty seconds. You have thirty seconds to make your dunk. I mean, that to me is a lot. It makes sense. You know, if you missed your first one, 
No, okay, you have what you really have a chance at one other really good dunk. If you keep missed two, then you don't deserve to go forward anyway. Um I don't know. I'd have to think about it. As I, the slam dunk has never been, you know, is it, not. It, it, I've never sat home to say, you know, oh, I really need to see the slam dunk contest. Now, I've seen it for a variety of reasons, whether I've been at a bar, whether I was home with my kids, whatever the reason may be. But I would, I would want to play with it a little bit and think about it. Okay. I, don't, I don't have answers so, off the top of my head. So one of the best things that I liked about the All-Star weekend, first of all, I think Charlotte did a pretty good job of hosting it. I definitely loved the Curry angle, right? Curry, Curry, and basically Curry, being Dell, Seth, and, and Stefan. What did you think of the way that, that North Carolina handled the All-Star weekend, especially in light of the fact that up until two years ago, that was in flux? due to the law against transgender people, it seems like they put on a pretty good show. And Kemba Walker got a lot of love. He did. And he deserved it because he's a heck of a player and he's a class, he seems to be a class act. I mean, Stephen Curry is the most beloved player in the NBA. He really is. So when he, decided, when he took the initiative on this, you kind of knew that it was going to have a positive swing that they would be, they would, they, it would come off well. Because it doesn't really seem that anything he does comes off badly. Um, his mother hit a three-pointer from half court, for God's sake. Underhanded. He, underhanded. I mean, he is currently what North, he is currently North Carolina basketball. Now, which is funny because he didn't go to North Carolina or Duke, and he doesn't play for Carolina or Charlotte. But he, when you think of the pride of North Carolina basketball right now, So, I thought it went fine. Um, I I even thought, like, the national anthem I thought was done pretty, was pretty cool. I thought the guy did a really good job. I have no idea who Jay Cole is. So, I, I, I didn't watch the mid, the, uh, what do you call it? Watch the, the, uh, the mid, the halftime show. I didn't watch the celebrity. I've never seen any part of the celebrity game. Just, I, I just don't care. And I don't know who three quarters of these celebrities are. Um, I, don't, I mean, it seemed like it went fine. They did a lot of charity work, which they always do. You kind of had a nice mix of new people who seemed kind of excited to be there um, between Russell and Vucevic and, and, and Ben Simmons, and, you know, which was, it seemed like a little bit more than Chris Middleton. He's had a nice career in kind of culminating. Not culminating with this, because he's got a huge payday coming. But it seemed like it was a good show. It was a good weekend. The weird part to me was it was so late in the year. Typically, you don't have the All-Star game with 25 games left to go in the season. Correct. Um, just seems to play out that way. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the NHL All-Star game was the week before, and the week before that was the Super Bowl. So there really wasn't much of a time frame in which they could do it. Uh, the NHL and the NBA have never shared an All-Star weekend, and obviously you don't want to go ratings to ratings with the with the Super Bowl, so the fact yeah, that yeah. the Super Bowl was February fourth lent itself to being when it was. So, by the way, the person that sang the national anthem, his name was Anthony Hamilton. So, uh, for yeah. those that are looking are looking for that, I, I did not see the national anthem. I will have to uh, listen to it after the it's show. It's worth it. He did a good. So, he did a really cool job of it. Okay, so I'm going to go down these all stars. And you're going to tell me which team these guys play for next year, okay? Because there's going to be a lot of move. There's going to be a lot of movement in the All Star, and this is obviously a prediction as of February. What are we at? The 19th or 20th at this point? So, okay, Kevin Durant. The Brooklyn Nets. Wow, that's the first time I've ever heard you say that. Okay. Now, is this, I, is this I, a want? Is, no. Is this a want or uh, a belief? Here's where, here's where I – This is. I really have no idea. I don't think he's going to the Knicks. More and more, okay. I don't think he's going to the Knicks. 
because I think the Knicks have absolutely nothing to offer. If he wants to be on the, if he wants to be with a young team that can contend and has max money, where if he wins, he gets that accolade that he never got with Golden State. I'll be honest, Brooklyn fits about as well as anybody. Because they're young, they have talent, and they're under the cap. Um, and I know he's good, very good, very close with Karis LeVert. Um, I don't think he refines with Golden State, and I don't think he goes to the Knicks. So where really am I left with Kevin Durant then? I don't know. Okay. I really don't. Kyrie Irving. I think he goes to the Knicks. Okay. Um, I don't think it's – I do think it's a problem because if he's the best player on that team, that team's not going anywhere. But he, he really seems like he wants to get out of Boston, and Boston just doesn't seem very thrilled with him at this point. Anthony Davis. Um, I think he ends up with the Knicks. Uh, well, Kyrie, I don't, Kyrie and I Anthony Davis that. is not a bad package. Yeah, I shouldn't say I don't. I don't know. I think it really depends on where the Knicks pick. Um, if the Knicks, I should, let me take this step back. If the Knicks get the one. I think they trade Zion and Knox and Smith for Davis. If they don't, I think he ends up in Boston. As of now, I think he ends up in Boston. If he ends up in Boston, and I think Kyrie may end up staying there. I can't read Kyrie. Nobody can read Kyrie. Kawhi Leonard. Clippers. Okay. Kemba Walker. The Lakers. Chris Middleton. See, ladies and gentlemen, the best part about this All-Star game is that 50% of the teams could be on a different team next year because you have tons and tons of free agents in this All-Star game, which the likes of I have never seen before. I don't think I've ever that. seen an all-star game like that. So, okay, so Chris Middleton, does he stay in Milwaukee? Does he go elsewhere? He goes elsewhere, but I'm not sure where. I wonder if the, okay. oh, the Wizards have the John Wall contract. What are your thoughts on these, on these well, guys? The Wizards, are capped, the Wizards are capped out. Yeah, they, they can't make that are capped out. No, I know. I was thinking out loud. Um, unless they okay. trade Beal, and Beal has already said he doesn't want to be traded. And if you want to stay with Washington, not, they're not going to trade you. Okay, so I think Durant's going to wind up with the Knicks. I think Kyrie's going to wind up with the Knicks. And I think Davis is going to wind up with the Knicks. So I think they're going to get their triumvirate. I don't think it works, but I think they get it. Yeah, I don't think it works. I don't think it brings a championship. I, I, it just brings a, a very, very maxed out team for a very long time. And just like Nick basketball has been and continues to be, you are not getting – well, you're probably getting Anthony Davis. No, you're not getting any of them in their prime. I mean, Anthony Davis you're getting is Anthony, 27. You're getting Anthony Davis in his If you believe that the prime of a basketball player is 27 to 32, you're getting him in his prime. In my opinion, I think the, the prime of a basketball – NBA basketball player – is 23 to 28. I disagree. So, but I'd say kind of somewhere okay. in between. But it also depends okay. on how injury prone. Davis, for the most part, okay. other than this year, has not been hugely injury prone. Kyrie, Correct. I have no. Kyrie has been. Kyrie scares the Correct. crap out of me. Well, I'll ask you think you they all this, go right? to the next? I do. I think they all wind up with the Knicks. I do. I think the Cel- once the Celtics find out that there's no Kyrie Irving, they, they're not going to trade Jason Tatum. If they don't trade Probably Jason Tatum, if, if there's no Jason, and look, we've talked about this, and we'll talk about this over and over and over again until the cows come home or the NBA draft. Even, 
let's assume that the Knicks get the number two pick in the draft or the number three pick in the draft. So the Knicks are willing to trade the number three pick in the draft this year, the two picks that the, that the Mavericks scouts gave them, and Kevin Knox. That's a, that's a boatload of picks. That's more picks and better picks than you're getting probably from anybody else, just if you're talking picks. The only other pick that would match that would be that of the Clippers, who got the, who got the Miami unprotected pick in 2021. But are the, are the uh, Pelicans waiting till 2021 for a pick? I don't think they could sell their fan base on that. So if you're saying it's Kevin Knox, three number one picks, and a filler, or you're getting, I don't even know who you could trade from the Clippers to make those salaries. Well, you don't need to because of that, but you're, because they're under the cap. But the point is, I don't think there's picks that are more valuable than what the Knicks have. Can I, can I ask you a somewhat non-serious question? Sure. Can my Kevin Durant comment about the Nets as an in as when one, a certain a certain quote unquote NBA expert called in, or we had him we had him on the show. It's unequivocally <laughs> that Chris Paul is coming to the Knicks. Um, yours is actually more valid because there was no way that Chris Paul could have come to the Knicks that year. Right. Yeah. I mean, I There's really, no I really have no idea. I, I I don't I really don't know where Durant is going. Um, I have, I oh. think the Nets go for a stretch four. So I think they try and get Miritich as well. I mean, I don't really, I really don't know where either hand is going. I don't have the slightest. Well, look. At the end of the day, none of us really know where any of these guys are going. These are right. our best bets, best guesses. I think Kemba Walker stays in Charlotte. I think they give him a super max contract because if they, oh. Seth, if they, if they lose Kemba Walker, who do they have? They got nothing. Completely agree. And I mean, like they have nothing. They're still ca- they're still capped out. They're capped out with nothing. <laughs> yeah, like no, well, that Nicholas Batum. Yeah, their second that best Nicholas player Batum is Tyler contract is killed them. Yeah, four years and fifty six million. Yeah, agreed. Okay, um, Chris Middleton, I think resigns with the Bucks because I don't think that there is a fit anywhere else in the NBA with player with teams that have money. The only other team I could see that Middleton would fit in with, and again, we're going to talk about this ad nauseum throughout the rest of the year, at least the rest of the winter and into the spring, is Dallas. Dallas fits very well with what Middleton brings to the table in the fact that if they can bring Porzingis back healthy and they have a Donich and they have a guy that can just spot up and shoot, which is what Middleton does very well, that works. That absolutely well, he's, also an excellent, he's also an excellent defender, and that is something that Donatich and uh, Porzingis don't really quite play quite as well. That gives you a very yeah. solid trio. Very yeah. solid. Yeah. And they have Capper. They don't have great Capper, yeah, but they have, uh, the, as long as Donatich is on his rookie contract, they will have Capper. So they will be making they will be making moves. If if I'm the Knicks, I hate the concept of and and hear me out here, getting Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, and Kyrie Irving, because that very much sounds like getting Amari Stoudemire all over again. And they'll still yeah. be and they'll still be capped out. Like that's the other thing they'll still be capped out if they do that. The one thing that I hope the Knicks do not do is spend money for the sake of spending money. We have cap room. That means we have to use it. That's not true. As the one thing that the the one thing that several teams, including your Brooklyn Nets, have done is assumed long-term contracts for picks. The Daryl Arthur contract and uh, sorry Kenneth Fareed that they assumed for the Denver Nuggets. They acquired a first-round pick for it. Yeah, and that's an extra first-round pick. It, it, they're a repository for bad contracts. The thing that, and look, one of the headlines in, on uh, NBC Sports today is that 
uh, James Dolan is soliciting offers or listening to offers for the New York Knicks. And, oh, my God, if I have to leave New York for him to sell the Knicks, put me on the next plane, please, for the, heaven, for the love of God, please sell. But the point is, I don't believe James Dolan has ever believed that Knicks fans are okay with a rebuild. Ever. And of all the Knicks fans that I know, myself included, we absolutely are. Donnie Walsh started it, and we were ready for it. And then we gave away on Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day 2010, we gave away two first-round picks, Wilson Chandler, Dono Gallinari, for a guy that was coming to the Knicks as a free agent. If they just did nothing. And that was one Carmelo Anthony. So, as much as I believe that the Knicks need stars, they don't need they don't need stars that just aren't that are paid like stars but aren't stars. Fair? Yes. I think that's perfectly legitimate. Okay. So switching gears a little bit to college basketball. We have we have a new number one team. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils, just in time. Yeah, but they're just in time to be knocked off their perch because guess who they play on Saturday? I know. I'll be at the bar with the you. Team that knocked, the team that knocked them off last time. <laughs> Syracuse Orange, who have not played very well, but seem to always step up their game when it comes time for, uh, for the Duke Blue Devils. This has been a very weird college basketball season, Seth. You got University of Tennessee, who, who I had never heard of any of their players being the number one team in the nation. And Duke, North Carolina, I mean, you don't hear as much. You hear, obviously, Duke was number one for a while. But you don't hear the Blue Bloods as much anymore. Is this a down year for college basketball, or am I just missing something today? No, it's a down year for the Blue Bloods. It's not a down year for college basketball. I mean, look, Carolina is, and you know my feelings on Carolina, but Carolina has won titles, the last three titles that they've won over the last 10 years. They haven't had great recruiting classes coming in. Um, you know, look who led them to the championships. Theo Pinson, Luke May. I mean, the 05 team was great. The 09 team was great. But the last couple, the last two that haven't been anything special. Kansas, look, Kansas is having a down year because they've won 15 championships in a row. And they broke the law. And they broke the law. Kentucky's top five, and Duke has the top three recruits in the country. So everything, it's not that it's a down year. Everything is about Duke, even more than usual. So, I mean, cause think about it. Every single highlight you see over the, you've seen over the last year start with college basketball. Every headline starts with Zion Williamson. There's no discussion. There's no debate. He is college basketball this year. Now, whether they win the title or not, well, that's up in the air. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not a bona fide conclusion, nor are they going to be an overwhelming favorite. They'll be favored, but they're not going to be an overwhelming one. But I don't think it's a down year. I just think that Zion has has dominated the headlines so much that there just hasn't been room for anything else. Does he deserve to dominate the headlines? (sighs) Well, from a basketball standpoint or from a social media standpoint? From a social media Both. standpoint, he had 10 million, from a social media standpoint, yeah, he had like 10 million Instagram followers before he graduated high school. From a from a basketball standpoint, he's great. He's very very good. But this is not a you know Danny Manning and everybody else in the country kind of year. But. He's a, he's a very, very good player, and he will be completely worthy of being most likely the number one pick in the draft. But 
he's not going to go down in the annals like Carmelo did for his one year in Q's. I don't think. Um, you know, I, I just don't. And maybe, look, maybe well, if he wins gonna... a title, I'll be proven wrong, but I doubt it. Well, I was going to ask you about that because, okay, again, if you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. We're not just talking college basketball tonight. We're not just call, talking NBA. It is one of those weeks where, you know what, you have college basketball pretty much gearing up for the March Madness. You know, the NBA All-Star Game just fi- finishing. Hockey is coming off really their week of break. Before the, the spring training, we can talk about just about anything if you'd like to call in 760-283-0846 for the last half hour. But let's get back to what you were saying. So in your opinion, Zion, and, and we're talking Zion Williamson here of Duke basketball, is not head and shoulders above those other players in college basketball right now. I don't know of any other player that combines what he does in no, the NCAA, there aren't maybe, that many. maybe I'm miss, maybe I'm missing something because you said he's not in the Danny Manning class and he's not in the Carmelo Anthony class. Mm. Could it be that just Danny Manning and Carmelo Anthony were the only person, literally, on their team that year? And I'm not taking anything away from Hakeem Warwick or Jerry McNamara, but you certainly or Quest Dwayne or Craig Fourth, but you certainly wouldn't put them in the even third team all American. Shouldn't you be naming the rest of the Syracuse the Syracuse players while we're at it? I'm sure I you know could, that entire team the, by heart. Probably, but the but the point is I'm trying to make and I think you know my point, even though you're trying to give me crap yeah. for it, is is the fact that because he has Cam Reddish, because he has uh Ty Jones, because he Trey Jones because he has RJ Barrett. Yeah, I, I get it. R.J. Barrett, is, is, it, is it that he can't, no matter what, he would never be able to acclaim the status of a Carmelo or a Danny Manning? It could be. I think he's a hell of a player. I'm not taking anything away from him. But and I think you may have the most valid point of all right there, that because that team is so talented that it doesn't – it doesn't help him, you know, he gets more publicity, but when we look back on the team in 20 years, are we, is he going to be held to the same regard as those guys? I don't think so, because he didn't carry, he didn't carry the team, fair or unfair, he didn't carry a team to a title. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the big thing here, is that you just don't know. Right, you just don't know if if R.J. Barrett, sorry, if Cam Reddish, oh, it's R.J. Barrett, Barrett, if one of them had beaten Syracuse that night without, or when, or Zion Williamson without the other two, right? It's a big difference when you're carrying your team as opposed to when you're just a cog in your team, and and this is a big thing about uh, I can't remember the guy's name, Little from North Carolina, right? The, the guy. The guy's a great talent. The guy has some serious play, but he's not. But that team is so deep that he's not going to get the credit in college or the play in college that he might get on, say, a college of Charleston or even a Maryland or a Syracuse. He's just not. He's he's on a team of many people, not necessarily just a one gun. And I'd like to point out the fact that you said you had the best comment of all in your last comment. So I'd like to take that one and hold that to the bank. Uh, again, 760-283-0846. You can tell Enjoy. Seth, you can tell my thank you. You can tell either one of us that we're completely full of crap on this, or you can tell us that we're spot on. Either way, works for me. Uh, we're going to move on to the, to, to the NFL for now. It's tag time in, for free agency. Now, what does tag time mean? Tag time means, will you franchise these players? Is it worth the franchise tag for these players? And I'm going to ask Seth, from an NFL point of view, if these guys are worthy of the franchise tag, 
I'm going to tell you exactly what the tag, well, not exactly, but close to what the tag would cost. And then, Seth, you tell me if they're worthy of getting the tag. Hold on, I've got to get a list of the guys. I had them in a second ago. Okay, let's go with the first one, which is Ziggy Ansa of, of the uh, Detroit Lions, who Detroit got the Lions. tag last year. Yeah, got the tag last year. Is he worth it getting it again with that team? The, pro- the problem is that team has nobody else on their defense other than Darius Slay. Um, I'm assuming the tag is, what, $16, 17000000 Well, remember, he had it last year. So a, du- so a double tag is, um, I believe you're looking at 18 or 19 for him. I don't think you can pay Ziggy Ansa $19 million a year. He's not worth it. Now, the question is, do they have the money to spend if they do? And I don't know Detroit's cap situation off the top of my head, except they pay an enormous amount for uh, for Stafford. Um, I don't think you spend 19, I don't think you spend that on Ansa. Okay, so the answer to your question is how much cap space does Detroit have? Detroit has $37 million of cap space, and that is before you go into Ziggy Ansa's contract. Okay. So next one we'll go to is, excuse me, uh, the, Miami, the Miami Dolphins have Juwan James, a right tackle, former first-round pick. They did not, did not um, put the fifth-year option on him. And now it's a matter of whether you want to tag him or not. Now, I mean, Miami is in a full and utter rebuild, and there's nobody on that team, maybe, except maybe Xavier Howard, that I would even consider franchising. That team has so nothing here's the right thing. Now. See, here's the thing that I think you and I disagree on. Just because you have a bad team, just because you go into a full rebuild, if you've got a guy that's basically on his rookie contract, and you want you got to keep young talent, right? No matter what they are. So yeah. in the NFL, you have you have to spend. There's a minimum cap too, as as opposed to a I maximum understand. cap. I think with with a guy like him, I think you have to do it. But obviously, we'll see. The Jets have nobody. Thank God, we don't have to deal with this. The Patriots are in an interesting position because they've only had two kickers in the last. Um, sorry, two kickers in the last 23 years. Like, that's ridiculous. And Adam Vinatieri and Steven Guskowski. Guskowski is due to be a free agent, and they could use the franchise tag on him. Now, the franchise tag for a kicker, I believe, is about 5 or $6 million. $5 million. There's another guy. Yep, there's another guy, tackle Trent Brown, who was put into the starting lineup this year, acquired from San Francisco. And so, do you use the or Trey Flowers, who's a defensive end, uh, an all-encompassing defensive end, plays plays the uh, the edge as well as rushes the passer. Which, if any of the three of them, and you don't have to say it doesn't have to be any of them, are you paying the tag? Are you tagging? I don't think I'm tagging any of them. Um, I would Flowers. Strikes me as the typical New England guy who leaves and has about 40% as much, is 40% as good wherever he ends up going. Um, New England doesn't tag. This is the issue with Nate Soldier. Um, and they let him go, and the Giants signed him for an exorbitant amount, which he wasn't anywhere near worth. Trent Brown is a little bit more interesting to me. I think Flowers is going to. If he's franchised, we're looking, what, $18, $19 million. Um, Brown, I don't know what that number is. I don't think it's that high. It's You're, that high. It's, four, so it's 14 or 15. Yeah, it's I don't a little bit more. And I just don't think that they're going to, especially considering how lousy the Super Bowl he had, I just don't think they're going to franchise Guskowski. I just don't. I, 
I would agree uh, with you. On all three. On all three, I would agree with you. Okay. Does Le'Veon Bell get a tag again? No. I, I, I think at this point we just let things – I don't know. Pittsburgh's got such Michigan in so many different directions. I think they just let things lie at this point. Because wasn't that the whole issue last year? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it just they just let him go. I don't think I don't think they tag him. Okay. Demarcus. Uh, sorry. I was calling the Cowboys. Let's go, Judavian Clowney. I think this is a, an absolute tag, right? It's got to be. I would. I would think so. I mean, he. Clowney hasn't quite lived, quite lived up to what he was in the expectation of college, but he's been very, very good when he's healthy. And I think that's a team that is on a Super Bowl pass. You can't let Clowney go. So I, unless, unless you can sign him long-term, I think you have to franchise him. Ladies and gentlemen, Seth and I um... – I don't remember what year this was, had our New Year's Eve show. And New Year's Eve, <laughs> I sorry, want to New Year's Day show. Let, let's say 2014. And Javani and Clowney, if you want to go back and listen to two men basically jaw drop while doing a radio show, when he burst through and he hit, it was Mike Hart, right? I think so, yeah. Was it, it was Mike Hart? In whatever bowl game no, they were playing in, I think it, it couldn't have been Mike. It couldn't have been Mike Hart because Mike Hart graduated years before that, I believe. Um, but oh, what a hit that Michigan. one! It's yeah, the one against, against Michigan. Michigan. It was probably the best football hit, other than the punter hit this year, I have ever seen. Okay, moving on. Do the Ravens, who we talked about last week making the personnel move of the uh, definitely the offseason to me in getting a fourth-round pick for a guy that they were going to release in Joe Flacco, they have a decision to be made on my new man crush, C.J. Mosley. Ladies and gentlemen, I have man crushes on middle linebackers because they get points where nobody else thinks that they will in our fantasy football league. So first it was Ryan Shazier. First it was Luke Cakley. Then it was Ryan Shazier. And now it's C.J. Mosley. Do they use the franchise tag on basically the leader of their defense? I think they should, but I don't think they do. Um, I think... I don't know how much space they have. My gut is they're going to let him go. Well, knowing how much space they have is like my middle name because I can go look that up. But the point is, I think I think now that they don't have to pay Flacco, I think they keep C.J. Mosley. I, I think that's too much turnover for even a locker room. Um, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846. Feel free to disagree with either Seth or myself. We're happy to deal with that. Okay. The Chiefs. D. Ford. Great year by D. Ford. Ford. Great. They're not going to keep D. Ford. D. Ford is going to be is, is the typical contract year play player, where he's going to sign with a team like Atlanta if Atlanta can't keep Grady Jarrett for five years and 80 million or some exorbitant number like that. And then after a year or two, they're just, it's going to be a, I don't see it. I don't think Kansas City keeps it. Okay. By the way, um, so Houston has approximately 50 million under their cap. So they got room, <laughs> a lot of it. Courage of Davy and Clowney. Baltimore has, Oh, Sorry, this is actually how many, how much they have. Sorry, Houston has seventy-four million, and Baltimore has fifty million, so they do have room. Uh, I don't. They do. The inter- the interesting thing is if they sign D Ford, they're going to have to make some some moves because they can't fit D Ford under the cap, and those moves may include a Justin Houston or an Eric Berry. 
Now, next year, they have two other guys, Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones. And then eventually, the year after, they have Pat Mahomes. One of these guys has to go. So I agree with you. I believe it will probably be D4. Because I think they want to keep Eric Berry, although they want to keep him at less of a contract, and they want to keep Justin Houston, even if it's less than that. Okay. The Raiders and Jared Cook. Jared Cook was one of the surprises of the fantasy league season this year and had a tremendous year for the Raiders. Now, for better or for worse, he was the only option for the Raiders, so that may be the only reason why he had a great season. But the tight end market is not as big as that for any other position. The only other position that's less, I believe, than the tight end market is the, um, is the kicking market. So if you're signing Jared Cook to, say, 9 or $10 million, are you, signed, are you, Seth Kamen, the general manager of the Oakland Raiders, or John Gruden, uh, Mark Mayock, Mike Mayock's assistant, re-signing Jared Cook for $9 million a year? No. No. Wow. Jared Cook had a great, Jared Cook had a great year, but Jared Cook has been a pretty much a bust everywhere he's gone other than this year. I can't, I can't trust him with $9 million a year. No way. Well, well the, I'd rather trust Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, let's understand what the franchise tag means. It is a one-year commitment. I understand. So when you, I, I'm just making that short. Right? So it's a one-year commitment, and if you don't like him after one year, you cut him, and you're good, and the game's over, and there's no guaranteed money, and there's no cap hit, and there's no nothing. For a team like the Raiders, which, hold on, which has $69 million in cap room, and you know that Derek Carr has a relationship with Jared Cook. Your quarterback likes throwing to a guy. You're not willing to throw nine million. Now, remember, he's only made, I think he was making six. So it's a raise of three. Are you really telling me you're not going to give him a raise of $3 million to absolutely keep him for one more year? I think that, that I think that's penny wise and penny, uh, sorry, I think that's foolhardy. Foolhardy. But okay, I think they will. I think they will tag him. I do. They okay, very the well. Cowboys, the Cowboys, and Demarcus Lawrence. So last year he uh, signed a seventeen point one million dollar tag. <coughs> this year the this year the tag is twenty point five two million dollars for a defensive end. Do they I tag think they him? I think they sign him to a long-term contract. Um, I think it gets done before the tag deadline. Well, the tag deadline. Well, the tag deadline, ladies and gentlemen, you will ta- understand how this works. You tag generally first, and then you figure out the long-term deal. So the tag, And what happens when you do tag a player is you must have that amount of money available immediately. So you have to, once the player signs the tag, you must be able to have that cap room available. Now, obviously, that's a little different this year because. So Dallas. Hold on. Well, they haven't re signed Prescott. They haven't re signed Prescott yet. Correct. Prescott's going to be $25 million a year. Well, yes, but there's there's a remember there's a bonus and there's a right so the cap number could be like eleven, right? So anyway, so the cap so Dallas has fifty million dollars in cap room. Now remember, not all numbers are are the same, right? So, and the reason I say that is because if you look at the top two teams with cap room, which are Indianapolis and the Jets. So the Jets have $95 million in cap room, and Indy has $107 million right now in cap room. That's before any restructuring. But that also depends on the amount of players that you have signed to. The Jets, I believe, only have 41 players signed the next year out of 90. So they need to sign a lot more players to get to where they need to be 
than the Colts, who I believe have over 50 players. So, like I said, not all numbers are the same. You're massaging numbers. But, but right now, the, the Dallas Cowboys have $50 million. I think they do I – do yeah, I do think that they put the tender, the franchise tender, on Demarcus Lawrence and don't even blink an eye. Is they cannot afford to yeah. lose this guy. They can then figure out. They can. Okay, so let's let's talk about your New York Football Giants. Landon Collins. So it's a twelve to thirteen million dollar cap cap hit. I now the only guys it. that I are think... making the only guys that are making that much money are Eric Berry and um, darn it, I had another safety in my head. I can't remember who it is. I know is it Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas is making ten. There was another safety, and it's not Eric Weddle either. Oh, I can't believe I don't remember this. But anyway, it's Eric. He's making Eric Berry money at fifteen million. So are you are you putting a tag on Landon Collins for say twelve to thirteen million dollars? I am. Because I think you absolutely have to. Yeah, I don't think we have a choice. I think they're going to cut Jenkins. I think they're going to cut Vernon. And that means they have no defensive talent. And Collins is your leader and best player. Now, he hasn't been great the last year, but he's still their best player. And that has to count for something on a team that has cap room but limited talent. Okay. The Vikings have Anthony Barr. They signed just about everybody else. Daniel Hunter was re-signed. Stephen Diggs was re-signed. Kirk Cousins, obviously, $30 million. They have two guys that are, that are up for this. Sheldon Richardson, the ex-Jet, and Anthony Barr. They don't have a ton of cap room, especially with the contract. Um, Minnesota has $5 million in cap room right now. Do they, I don't think they can put a tender on Anthony Barr, and I think he is the one. Look, one of those guys is going to have to get. One of those guys is going to have to go, and I think it's Barr. I don't think yeah, they restructure anybody think, to get them. No, I don't think they do either. Um, Barr has always kind of been inconsistent with them anyway. So, to 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 make this to to pay him fifteen million a year makes. When you, have, when you don't have capital, it doesn't make sense. I think he's out. Okay, Grady Jarrett from the Falcons. Breakout star in the Super Bowl. Finally open to the market. Atlanta has the money. Um, looking their cap situation up right now. Hold on. Actually, where are they? Oh, here they are. They got $28 million in cap room. I think Jared is an absolute must-keep for that team. No, I don't think no it's even brainer. close. Yeah, because that team, okay. Dan Quinn's out if that team doesn't win this year. That team is, need, they need their best defensive players, and that's Jared. And to that same end, I think Frank Clark is also a no-brainer from the Seahawks. Agreed. Um, a team with a little bit... Pete Carroll's certainly not on the on, on the on the hot seat by any stretch, but you lose. You're, I mean, you're going to most likely lose Thomas, and you know your your leaders on the defensive end are Wagner and Clark. I think you need. I think you need Clark. Okay, so the last two are interesting people. Number one, Robbie Gould. How important is a kicker? To a team that's four and twelve, eh, no, no, okay. And the last one is yours and my favorite, the Philadelphia Eagles. Is Nick Foles going to be tagged? He already was. No, he was not. It looks. I thought he was. And look, yes, he's going to be tagged. And then they're going to trade him. Okay. See, I don't think he's going to get tagged. That's a $25 million tag for a team that is right now 
above the salary cap at $1 million. So above over the cap, $1.7 million. Every, gets, everything is – I know. But everything we have read makes me think he's going to be tagged. Okay. I think that they let him go. I don't think they tag him. I don't think they want to play the gymnastics of the salary cap in order to do it because the minute that he gets that tw- – first of all, let's remember, guys, if he's being signed and traded, that means the minute that he's signed, he's on the Philadelphia cap, which means they need to have enough space on that cap to do it. So they need to do the juggling before he gets traded. Just saying. I don't, I don't, I think, they, I don't make, think they bust the team. It doesn't make sense to me, and Howie Roseman is extraordinarily smart on these things, but you've read the same stuff I have. Everything is said that they're going to that they're gonna franchise Fultz. I thought they had already done it. They had already done it. Nope. Nope. No, what had happened was the buyout took place, and Foles paid the money back. So he can, So yeah, the option is gone. But, yeah, it's still not there. Okay, so we have five minutes left. Seth, if you'd like to go first, please do. Well, we don't talk about golf on this show for, well, a variety of reasons. But um, you have kind of the good and bad of it. The good was J.D. Holmes, who came back from brain surgery, you know, from a couple years ago and really hadn't recovered from a golfing standpoint. Won his first championship in years this weekend, which was pretty neat. But... That was completely overshadowed by the stupidity of the Matt Kuchar um, story, which I'm sure you've heard about, Sean. Yep. You know, the guy wins a tournament yep. last week. And he's known, this is, this is interesting because he was one of those guys where it was known as really one of the nicer guys on tour. He wins a million four and pays his, guy, his caddy $5,000. No, typically, no, you pay. Seth, 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 this happened in, this happened happened in November. November. My yeah. fault. But this okay. came to light. It came to light this week. And pretty much, we don't know if it came out through David Ortiz, who was the caddy that played with him. That, now, again, he had agreed to a $5,000 deal. But when you make $1.4 million and you're giving a guy five grand, which is, I mean, less than half of it's, it's half of a percent. For the you know for the work done, you know. And then he wrote a pretty disingenuous letter saying, "I'm sorry, I reevaluated." Get five months to reevaluate. This is crap. He's trying to just spin a PR move, which really hasn't played out very well. And a sport that's kind of seen as elitist to begin with, you know, it's just another black, it's just another black eye, which is covered up. Now, by to be fa- well, and <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. The whole story went down that he was he did offer the caddy fifteen grand, and the caddy turned yeah. him down. So there was some bargaining here. So I, I I get it from both sides. You have a deal, you have a deal, and the caddy could have said no to that deal be, before the the match even started. But it's a guaranteed sum. Look, I I I, I agree that when you win one point three million dollars, you give a tip, just like. When you win the lottery, you probably give somebody a tip, whoever that is. It's probably, but and when I win the lottery, I can give somebody a tip. But other than that, I, I agree with you. It was a little, it, it was more of a black eye with an ascot than anything else at the time. No question about it. No question about it. But that's just the way it rolls, right? I mean, for whatever reason. Okay. So, so my last five minutes. I really don't have anything too earth earth shattering today. Nobody died. <laughs> I, I love when I love when there's not a, a, a there's not a major sports person that passes away in a week, so I don't have to eulogize him on the show. Um, but at the end of the day, you know what? We we love our sports. The the, the All Star Game was good fun. I re- I did enjoy the part that I did watch, and I think that's the fun part seeing. Seeing Stephen Curry's mom make the half-court shot at the end, uh, make the half-court shot, was the highlight of my sports weekend. And if you can say that, 
you're doing pretty well for yourself. It was once again, I am very happy to report that the Islanders are in first place, and I'm looking forward to 30 more games of NHL for the rest of the year. Okay, for Seth Kamen, this is Sean Palmer. Like I said, didn't really have a whole lot for my five minutes. BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one, everybody. Peace out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.